0: This is our Infinity War movie special episode. So, just in case any of you did not read the description of the episode I wrote down, just want to let you know if you have not yet seen the movie Avengers Infinity War, spoilers, 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 tons of spoilers, spoilers all over, spoilers everywhere you look. We spoil who lives, we spoil who dies, we spoil what happens, we talk in depth as much as we can remember about the movie. If you have not seen the movie yet, you should not be listening to this episode yet. Listen to it after you've seen the movie, but not yet. Okay? Going forward, it's your own damn fault. If you're mad about us spoiling something, I don't care. back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host Al Sedano. And as the spoiler warning that you would have heard before would have told you, we are talking about Infinity War today. Not the comic series. And not Infinity Wars, which is supposed to be coming out this summer. Another comic series. No, the movie Infinity War. And since I was a sad, sad man and only saw it once so far, I decided to get some backup of people who have seen it multiple times. So first of all, you all know him here, John M. Wilson. Hey, John.
1: Hello. I have seen Infinity War. I am ready to talk about it.
0: And dragging him in because he was talking to us about it online, and we figured, well, you know, you know, the more the merrier. From the Fire and Water Network, uh, host of Midnight the Podcasting Hour and Power of Fishnets, Ryan Daly. How are you guys?
2: Yeah, I was, I was kind of hoping that I could cue my entrance to the rubber band man by the spinners, just like the Guardians entrance in the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did like that they were singing to it including Gamora <laughs> yeah that was
1: good it was just like a tone shift right there it's like you know drama, 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 drama <laughs> down, 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 space plus the title card space <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
0: we've all seen Infinity War and this is your last chance if you're listening and you have not seen Infinity War turn it off now go to the movies turn it back on right alright we're spoiling the hell out of this sucker Holy crap, everyone died.
1: Yeah, everyone (laughs) died. And, like, the first time I watched it, I just kind of watched it. I was tired. It was late. I had snuck out. It was, like, 2 in the morning by the time the movie was over. So I didn't really, like, feel it. And then the second time I was with my kids, I let myself feel it. And Lily and I were both bawling our eyes out.
2: You know, not to be that guy, but not everyone died. Only three and a half billion people on Earth and a proportionate amount of people on every other planet.
1: Right. <laughs> Only um, half the universe.
2: And the majority of our main characters. Well, see, that's the thing. I was actually – I was talking to um, some of the other guys from the Fire and Water Network about this. And if you notice the ones who are killed off by the snap, it's mostly the guest stars. If you consider that this is an Avengers movie, who do we get killed off by? the end? It's all of the Guardians minus Rocket and Nebula. It's Black Panther. It's Doctor Strange. And it's Spider-Man. It's all the ancillary characters. The people left behind, which, by the way, my wife thinks Avengers 4 is going to be called Avengers Left Behind. (laughs) (laughs) Or Avengers The Rapture or something like that. I think it's going to be called Avengers Forever. Um, But the ones who are left behind, it's the – the original, the it's yeah, the, like sort of founding members. We're assuming Hawkeye because they've said that he will be part
0: of Avengers 4. Okay, um, good. I didn't know about that part. I was yeah. wondering whether they're going to say, "Oh, Hawkeye's missing."
2: They they've they keep well because everybody's like, "Where is Hawkeye?" and and Kevin Feige, the president, keeps saying, "There's a reason he's not in this. It will be explained in the fourth one. He does have a significant part to play in that one. You know, we didn't just forget he exists."
1: Assuming Ant-Man um, comes along around then too for similar reasons. Right.
2: Yeah. Um, so we'll see but yeah it's the it's the originals plus War Machine and Rocket and Nebula
0: and uh what's her I don't know how to pronounce her name Okoye I forget how to pronounce her name. You, yeah. yes. oh, yeah.
2: and, and did we see if
0: Shuri died or
2: not because we did not see that uh we did not see her I I am assuming she's alive just because I would think she would get an on-screen death um which like presents an interesting thing just like I, I mean we're all we're All operating under the assumption that the people who were wiped away will come back by the end of the fourth one. I mean, they've got franchises. So, um, you know, Black Panther just made more money than Titanic. I think he's coming back. Um,
0: Yeah, I'm assuming, but that would be a real commitment to story if they're like, yeah. oh, no, we're kidding. There's no more Spider-Man movie or, <laughs> or um, Black Panther movies. No, they're dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the Spider-Man movie's been, been announced. But it's well, it's part of what the story... I mean, we basically saw, in a way, we saw the Thanos quest. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to see the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah.
2: So... I, I think that's kind of, in a way, although... Uh, I. I I was th- – my, my opinion of the movie changed the second time I saw it, which was just today a few hours ago. Um, but the first time I saw it, I was like, this, this really feels like only half a movie. And considering when they first announced these, which was back in October of 2014, they said it's going to be Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and then one year later, Avengers Infinity War Part 2. Right. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, they stopped billing it that way. And yeah, they, they said to back off is, on
1: that for some reason.
2: Yeah, they said this is Avengers Infinity War Part 1, and this is one story. This is its own beast, and Avengers 4 will be something else. They, they stopped telling people that it's one story cut in half. And a lot of people were like, okay, so I think for that reason, a lot of people went into this movie expecting a different kind of resolution, a different kind of closure. And when you get to the end and – for our heroes, it's very much unresolved. It's very much an Empire Strikes Back sure. style ending.
0: That's exactly um, what I was just thinking.
2: I-, I think for a lot of those people, they're like, well, the story isn't over yet. This is very much a part one. But the second time I watched it, I kind of took on the attitude of this is really Thanos's movie. As John said, Thanos's quest. Yeah. And sort of started to watch it with the idea of him as the protagonist. And when you do that... His story is wrapped up by the end of this one. It's his mission is accomplished. He got the he got the gems and he blew a killed half the half of all life. That's what he wanted. And, and he, he sat gets, down to
0: rest. He, yeah, yeah he, he watched the sunset.
2: Right. So the next movie, I think, is going to feel very different. It's not going to feel like the second half of this one. It's going to have a very different attitude. I think a very different tone and a very different center focus. I don't think Thanos is going to be that. Big of a, a part of it. Like, I think he'll be sort of like the MacGuffin thing of reversing his his snap will be kind of the overarching focus of that. But I think it's going to be a lot more focused on other characters and other aspects.
0: Like he'll be the last, probably in the last third, but yeah, not the, like first, that, yeah. the not the main two first two acts.
2: Yeah, so to speak. yeah. So which is why I I don't think it's necessarily going to look or feel like Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I, I think it's going to be something. Different, and I, I, I feel like it's going to have some kind of time travel element because of Doctor Strange's cryptic message to Tony that this was the only way. But we'll see.
0: Now, I was just thinking about it. now. What do we think about the characters who aren't original Avengers that did live? Like we said, War Machine, uh, Rocket, uh, Nebula, Okoye, and, and Okoye. possibly Okoye, and possibly Shuri. Like the fact that they're alive. I mean, it's one thing if everyone but the original Avengers. That's right, Mabaku, yeah.
2: Which would be interesting because if if Shuri is dead, Mabaku might claim the throne of Wakanda. If Shuri's alive, she would be the queen. She'd be the new Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like I was kind of thinking like all the survivors were all the phase one characters because even the War Machine wasn't in – the first, the first Avengers movie. But he, he was established. Like even even Don Cheadle as that character was in Iron Man two, which was a Phase one movie. So I was kind of thinking I was like, okay, maybe there's something to that fact that it's the Phase one. I was like, but Rocket and Nebula, I understand as like because of her connection to Thanos, as weird as it is, and sort of divorced. The somebody. System. Yeah, and also Tony needs help getting off that planet, <laughs> so there's yeah. somebody else there. But but, but the Rocket is definitely-
0: definitely not either.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think Okoye, I have a. I, I don't, I have a feeling her part will be very minimal in the next one. I think it'll probably be, she's like dealing with the fallout of it. I think she survived because we needed that look of horror when Black Panther disappeared. And because she was, she was the face of the audience because I heard a ton of people gasp when he started vanishing.
1: Um, it was unexpected, especially yeah. after he just had his movie.
2: Exactly. And again, a, a, a movie that beat Titanic at the domestic box. My wife said that T'Challa and Peter Parker, those were the those were the deaths at the end that really kind of threw her for a loop that she wasn't expecting. But then also immediately after she was like, well, they're coming back. She's like, This is they're not leaving billions of dollars on the table.
0: Yeah. So. Or the fact that all the Guardians, I mean, literally everyone but Rocket is gone. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe they ki- I thought they're going to kill half of those, but all yeah. of them. Mm hmm. But yeah, yeah. No, there is a lot – like you said, it is definitely a Thanos' movie, and there is definitely a lot that they did take from Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos Quest. I mean the whole thing with Nebula, as soon as I saw her, made me think of Nebula in Infinity Gauntlet where he mm-hmm. leaves her half dead, half alive almost the entire series. And that's how she was when we first see her basically.
2: Yeah, and that is that is the interesting thing. that, And it's the fact that she is still alive as that wild card, that X Factor is – Maybe she will get to do what she does in Infinity Gauntlet in the yes, next one, which is leaving her alive. Which, is is which is the she takes the she takes the glove, but
1: and she fixes everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the one that saves everyone,
1: but then yeah. she becomes you know the, the force to be stopped. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was a really satisfyingly heart wrenching ending. Mm-hmm. But also through the course of the movie, there was just so much good stuff. And, you know, mentally I was taking off, you know, in my head where all the different stones were and you had Xandar and you had the collector and watching him and go and get all those was, was intriguing. But I wasn't expecting the stuff with vision to play out like it did. Mm -hmm. That was, that was like seat gripping. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. And (laughs) Considering that they've nerfed him pretty much the last two movies, like with how how powerful he was in the Age of Ultron, they they kind of uh, they kind of put him on the bench and they did that with uh, Corvus Glaive stabbing him in this one, and keeping him. Um, but what I did like about that was how Scarlet Witch really stepped up her game in this one, um, oh, both gotcha. as as a power set and also the emotional aspect of it with her love for Vision and everything like that. That was really strong.
0: And the fact that they actually, like you said, spe- uh, stepped her up, but also made her the protective role. Mm-hmm. He was the one that she was protecting the majority mm-hmm. of the time. She was the one protecting him. But also I did like one thing of speaking of that is I like the fact that a lot of the stuff that we saw in the trailers was up front very early in the movie and out of the way. The stuff with Vision, like what we thought in the trailer, he looks like he's going to get the gem ripped out of his head. They mm-hmm. were doing that right away in the beginning and he got away for then and also with the uh, Thanos' whole little uh, one of the speeches he gives you know to, when he's when he, killed, when he kills Loki right at that scene in the beginning like that's in the beginning right away we're done with you know a lot of the stuff we saw in the trailers they did get out of the way early I thought
1: mm-hmm. okay so Ryan you're aware of my huge gaffe I made today
0: yeah, yeah I think he, I think you ticked off Andrew Leyland <laughs> yeah oh is I, that what happened I just saw
2: yeah, ta- you comment talk about to him it
1: in, I talked to him in DMs and we're okay and it's fine okay but, um, good. Yeah, I don't know where my brain was, because literally, I checked myself. Oh, this tweet's from Ryan Daly. He's seen the movie. I can reply. <laughs> so under his, you know... That's not uh, how Twitter works. <laughs> that's not how Twitter works, John. <laughs> yeah, it was pictures
2: I posted of Loki from April 1st.
1: From well, because every time just... you post a new picture, it shows like the first couple, that a dot, dot, yeah. dot, then the new one. So I was like, oh, Loki, R.I.P. And uh Andrew said, if this is a spoiler, I will not be impressed. And I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I apologized and he's like, Yeah, that's what happens I guess sometimes. So we're okay, but I felt like his dumbest dumbass on wheels.
2: And the funny thing is, if it had been reversed, I would have been fine with it because I predicted Loki was going to die in the first five minutes long ago. I was like the um, movie I, like I, I knew that he was going to be the first major casualty. Like I just like, just from like like kind of like thinking, piecing it out, I was like, it's going to start with Thanos' ship attacking Asgard. We see from like the tr- the first teaser, um, Loki's got the the tesseract and everything. I was like, Thanos has to get it. I was like, and just knowing, kind of knowing too much, like this is the end of these actors' contracts and everything. I was like, Loki's been in the eight movies or whatever. I was like, they've got to write him off. It's, this has got to be his last one. He's going to try and. Like barter, you know, he might he might go out nobly trying to save, you know, his brother and the Asgardians and like trade the thing. I was like, or he might try and stab them in the back. I was like, but one way or another, I was like, Loki's not making out of that scene.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. He tried, but. Speaking of that, do we think Valkyrie will be in the second movie? Because she was nowhere to be seen.
2: See, I think I think with that one we, because we have to sort of assume like what happened right before this movie. Thor said only half of the Asgardian, in, in true Thanos fashion, he said Thanos wiped out half of the Asgardians. So I think Valkyrie and, like, Korg and Meek from, from Ragnarok, those characters, whatever, uh, they might be still alive with, like, they either got sent away, like, banished, or somehow, like, they were, like, went in, like, escape pods or something. Um, or, I, would like...
0: hmm? I was going to say, or there's a second ship, because, I mean, that ship pretty much is blown up. So Yeah, yeah.
1: I can't um, leave also...
0: half of them alive if you can their ship.
1: They're also no. Guardians, like, would, like was drifting Val- in space.
2: Yeah. yeah. I would like yeah <laughs> I would like to see Valkyrie again, so I hope she does come back. Um she could, yeah. she
1: could be drifting in space and have gotten picked yeah. up by I don't know, Quasar.
2: Yeah. I would or, like to see her either in the next Avengers or in Guardians Volume Three. I hope she does something.
0: Yeah, I mean or there is somebody else coming from space, uh, I'm assuming from space to help, based on the end trailer. I mean sorry, the end credit scene.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah, where yeah, is Carol Danvers right now? Yeah, we'll find out in March, I guess. Yeah, does she have does she have a Cree name? A Cree? No.
0: Okay, because she's not actually Cree,
1: right? I, I know she's, she's not Cree. I've read a lot of her Bronze Age stuff, but I haven't read a whole lot of her later stuff, so I wasn't sure what all maybe they've done with her over the years.
0: Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, she does not have a Cree name. Let me say that from based on what I've read, but I've not read everything with Carol, obviously. But that's right. Yeah, the end also shows uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill vanishing. Yeah, they're wiped
2: out. But they we, they give us that little teaser of, uh, yeah, they sent a distress call to Carol. And, yep, and she is con- she is confirmed Captain Marvel to be in Avengers four. So,
1: now you posted earlier, Ryan, a picture. Of, no, Van Allen Plexico posted earlier today a picture of Captain Marvel, both Captain's Marvel, like uh, original mm-hmm. and. Marvel and yeah right and he said that you know after Iron Man was in his first movie now his second and third favorite Avengers characters are going to be in the next movie and he's really super excited and I had not heard anything about Marvel being in a movie is he has that been he's sad? definitely he's definitely in Captain Marvel um yeah
0: I heard something about that too which would okay. make
2: sense and they they've cast him it's Jude Law is playing Marvel
1: that's right I, I had not that. heard that okay
2: yeah yeah. Um. yeah, it, it, from what I've heard, Captain Marvel, it, the movie will actually be a period piece set in the 90s. Um. So it's going to take place like before this, we're going to see a younger Nick Fury before he loses his eye. Um,
1: Wait, and is this going to be white?
2: <laughs> yeah, <I'm>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what his eye always looked like. The patch is just an affectation. He just likes that.
1: No, because, um, like, when Lily and I were doing Avengers inspiration, and we were doing Sergeant Fury, she's like, this is back when Nick Fury was white and had both eyes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the war changes people. What can I say? Um <laughs> but yeah, and Phil Coulson's supposed to be in it. Phil Coulson is know.
2: supposed to be in it. But we're also supposed to, because, again, it's in the past and it's dealing with, it's going to deal with the Kree and the Skrull War. We're supposed to see Ronin the Accuser and Korath, too. Oh wow. oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Well, that's right. If it takes place a lot longer, But I'm glad to hear that because I did have a bit of an issue when – because, I mean, I don't know anything about Brie Larson except that she's playing Captain Marvel. But I did have an issue with her because she's so young, and I was like – I was hoping for somebody a little like – oh, my god. Now I'm blanking on the name. Damn it. I hate when I do that. Uh, She played the queen in that – she played the evil queen in that Snow White movie with uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Charlize Theron?
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Because I'm I'm like thinking if they're going to be bringing Carol Danvers in and making her as big as they want to, they need somebody who could stand toe-to-toe with Robert Downey Jr. and some of these other people they have as the main as like a main person, not some kid. Mm -hmm. It does help a little bit if they're going to establish that she's, you know, for whatever reason, still looking young but been doing this for 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. But...
2: I mean, yeah, I, I've only seen Brie Larson in TV stuff. Like, I, I don't think I've seen any of her movies. Um, so I don't know. What I will say, though, is when they first announced Chris Evans as Captain America, I thought that was a mistake. I was like, this guy is never going to be able to stand in the same room with Robert Downey Jr., Jr. and Samuel Jackson in Command Attention. And boy, was I wrong with that. Yeah. How um, did the
1: Human Torch ever play Captain America, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, total wrong miscast there. But... Um, yeah, I was wrong. So I'm hoping the same oh. will be true with with Brie Larson. Exactly. Fingers crossed. So, I, and sort of bring it back to to Infinity War and everything. I was something else. I was kind of thinking like how they how they managed all these characters and all of these things. And it, this really does sort of demand your buy in with that you've seen. The rest of all the rest of the movie—it's basically like oh, the season yeah. finale of a, of a of a TV series. This like, really like
1: does can, culminate yeah. so many things.
2: Right. It's like you yeah. can you can start watching a show at the season finale if you're smart enough. You can figure out who the characters are based on how their names. You're not going to get as much, but it's possible. I mean, that's that's kind of what this demands. But I also think like the plot of this movie. What is the story? Thanos is going around collecting Infinity Stones. That's the story. That is the plot. So the rest of it is just these situations. It's just a bunch of scenes where you throw these characters that we've grown to love over 18 previous movies, throwing them into weird mix and match pairings. What happens if Thor goes off on a mission with rocket and Groot? What happens if iron man, Spider-Man and Dr. Strange are thrown into a spaceship together Um, and you get all these cool things. So then, when you don't really have to worry about a lot of plot-heavy or, or character-building stuff, you can just have fun banter, interaction, and action sequences. Well, this was two and a half hours of that.
0: Yeah, and I also wonder – I was just thinking about basically based on what you just said. If that was one of the reasons for some of these mix, mix and matches is that if you didn't de- see Doctor Strange and you don't know who Doctor Strange is – you can kind of get some idea because he's with people who have no idea who he is, really, mm-hmm. and indu- introductions are needed of somewhat. You know, when Tony Stark saw Spider-Man, go get the magic guy. Okay, well, he has met. Ma- I figured I didn't see Doctor Strange and knew nothing about it. Okay, he has something to do with magic. I at least know that already.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, you know, everybody and-
1: gets good introductory stuff. Spider-Man gets a great introductory scene. <laughs> Doctor Strange gets a great introductory thing in, in his house. It's it's all stuff where, like, if, even if you don't know who these people are, you, you get enough to get brought up to speed. And um, so I was going to go somewhere with that. Crap. I lost it. <laughs> so imagine there's a punchline at the end of that. And then I'll go on to my next point. Also, I had a weird mental connection. Whenever Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and Iron Man are all off on a trip together – It was the Ditko trio, yeah. (laughs) Because of course, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange were Steve Ditko creations, but a lot of people don't realize that Iron Man's first red and gold costume was was designed by Ditko. Ditko. Yeah, it was a Ditko issue.
2: Yeah, Kirby designed the Mark One armor, but Ditko designed the the redesigned the the, uh, red and gold version. Yep,
0: I did not realize that myself, so I'm one of them. Oh, okay, that's that makes sense. So that makes sense for that pairing. Yeah, this is, I mean, I do enjoy going back to different movies. I do enjoy, for instance, the um, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, but watching how they had problems with just like three or four characters in Spider-Man (laughs) three really makes me appreciate how well they did not just Civil War, but then this one, which basically doubles down on what they did with Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a mess. I mean, even though this is something we really enjoy and we are looking, we want to like. I think I don't think this was a mess. I think this is something that people could watch that we're just watching some of the movies and go, okay, let me see this other one with a bunch of other bunch of them together.
1: Well, like Ryan said, it's really served by the plot structure, and yeah. that and that the plot is simple, and you have a bunch of small tributaries feeding into it as it goes along its way, and and instead of trying to like Civil War was a Captain America film first, but kind of Avengers 2.5 at the same time. But it is primarily a Captain America movie that involves a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And this is this is Thanos's movie. This is a Thanos film and everyone is feeding into his storyline and and it works. A, it depends on everything else that's gone before. And so you already know what's going on if you follow along. And B, things are simple in this film.
2: And I think one of the things that you notice, pretty much every character got a good moment. Um, if not a good, like, laugh, joke moment, or a good action beat, everybody got something to do, some more than others. But I think a lot of the people who did have more meaty storylines and everything are also the ones who get shuffled off the board at the end of this one. Like, this one really, I mean, for being an Avengers movie, the guest stars were front and center in this. The Guardians, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange all did a lot more than with the exception of Iron Man, then like the, sort of the core Avengers characters, Captain America didn't do a whole hell of a lot in this movie. He got a few good like fights, but he didn't he didn't really do that much.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: I'm okay with that because he's left standing at the end, or he's kind of sitting. But I'm okay with that because I know he's still around to do a lot in the next one.
0: And um, Vision and Scarlet Witch got a lot of play, right, right. but they are Avengers at least.
2: Yeah, yeah, but Scarlet Witch is wiped out. Vision appears to be dead. I'm hoping that they're able to to program. We were talking about this. Um, I I hope that they're able to bring him back sort of reprogrammed as now the kind of grayscale or white vision from the comics of the eighties. Yeah. I I think it would be cool if he is a little bit more sort of just like a anti-personality, just sort sort of flat Jarvis like, although as I mentioned to you guys, it would blow my mind if they did him very Jarvis like, but with occasional bouts of like, Ultron schizophrenia, where he just like humpers. And if they could get James Spader to ADR some dialogue with with Paul Bettany's body, that would be great. But maybe they won't. Maybe they think Vision is dead and they can't repair him after the way the stone was just ripped out of his head, wires yeah. and all.
0: Um, um, although, to be fair, Spider Man was made an Avenger about partway through the movie, so technically he isn't a, he's one he of the Avengers. Knighted. He was knighted. <laughs> Literally. Um, that was great. Yeah.
2: But but yeah, so he had a lot to do. Doctor Strange and all of the Guardians had a lot. Um, Banner, I, I guess, I, Tony and Banner probably had the most substantive performances of the survivors,
0: I yeah. think, yes. yeah. Um, so let's uh, get into Banner, by the way. What do we think what's going on with the Hulk? Because he could not Hulk out after the beginning of the movie. There was I
1: no think the Hulk. Hulk got spanked and the Hulk got scared. That's my thought, too.
2: Yeah, he's got E D now. He's got performance anxiety. <laughs> that's basically how they complained <laughs> like um,
0: But yeah, yeah, that's my but,
2: theory is that the Hulk's
0: never been beaten like that before and he's basically crying.
2: Yeah. So we'll well he'll need to get his mojo back, which will be interesting to see and when, the few times when Banner wants him to come back and he can't. He's, he's like, Oh himself. screw you. <laughs> he's
1: like, what, no, what, what do you it's mean, gonna... no? <laughs> It's going to build us something big and amazing in the fourth one. They have a Hulk moment planned in the fourth one that we're going to be all cheering at bunch of the- Oh, yeah. They got
0: him. But I did like that they did give Banner still... He wasn't just... That wasn't his only plot point. He wasn't just struggling to become the Hulk and not becoming the Hulk. He actually did... I don't know the name of that one guy, but he killed one of the Black Order. Call Obsidian, yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, he was a, in the Hulkbuster armor, but still... Yeah. You know, he did. No, kill think- killed that guy. Yeah, I think...
2: who. Who got the kill shots? Okay, yeah. Banner, Banner got killed Cull Obsidian by putting him in the Hulkbuster arm and dragging him up into the in the wall. Vision killed Corvus Glaive, um, stabbed him through with the thing. Scarlet yeah. Witch killed Proxima Midnight by, like, hurling her up into that thresher, which was great. Yeah. Black Widow just, like, sits up with, like, blue blood on her face. She's like, that was gross.
1: Um, and Spider-Man and um, Iron Man worked together to kill them all. Yeah,
2: they blew Ma- Ebony Maw out into space like That's Ellie. That's
1: right. <laughs>
2: He was – oh, he was so wonderfully creepy. I love yeah. that character.
1: Oh, he was twisted. Yeah. And were the, all those characters were created for Jonathan Hickman's Infinity, right?
2: Yes. And it, actually they, they changed one thing because there were – the the Black Order in the comics had five members. Um, and the big one, who they call Cull Obsidian in this movie, is actually – that's not his name. It's I think Black Dwarf. Uh, and then there's another woman named Supergiant. The the name Cull Obsidian was actually another name for the Black Order. They were used interchangeably for like the Thanos's children. Okay. Um, And I guess when they were adapting it to the movies, they they only needed the four, which I think is kind of funny. It's like they they showed the X Men movie how (laughs) how Apocalypse and his Horsemen are supposed to be done. But yeah, for some reason (laughs) I think they just said Black Dwarf is a stupid name for this guy. Let's call him Cull Obsidian. That sounds more like a death metal album.
1: and the the female character you said midnight
2: Proxima midnight yeah
1: Proxima, was she did she exist or was she cGI
2: uh, or, was she
1: like, or was she like a digitized person
2: I believe she was all mocap and digital
1: okay okay because I
2: it, mean they they might have done like they might have had I mean I, I know there was an actress who did that they might have done like some kind of makeup job on her and then digitize it, but I don't think she was ever. Like real, yeah. I think I think she was all digital. Okay, and, um, at least like on on the screen that I've seen the movie like twice. It there was enough like fake about it, like it, it wasn't rendered.
1: That's perfect, what I thought. So. It, it is it's it's fine. It looked fine. It's just, it just didn't quite look like skin. It had a little bit of a you know sort of a Final Fantasy spirits within. It's not quite mm-hmm. a person, no matter how realistic it looks, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but maybe that works for an alien because then if it looks. Strange and weird.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, it's not supposed to be just a human being.
1: I, I would assume that the ebony maw was latex in, in and in prosthetics. His face looked real. Yeah, I think
2: yeah. Some of some of them did really good job. Like, I mean, I I think Thanos. I, part of the reason why I liked the the his story and his his performance. I think the visual effects on Thanos, with a few notable exceptions, I think they, he looked really really good the whole time. So,
1: and they did a lot of like so many shots of Thanos were like his entire face, mm-hmm. like the 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 frame barely holds his face, and so many mm-hmm. zoom ins on his face. They had to spend time doing that right. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at the uh, what was her name we were talking about? Proxima Midnight. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the IMDb, and there is somebody cr- credited as Onset Proxima Mid- Midnight, just like uh, James Go- a James Strong Gun is credited as Onset Rocket. So yeah, she was definitely acted and then you know covered over. Yeah,
2: and you know, I bet for those fight scenes, I mean they needed somebody to be fighting ScarJo and and um Ekoye uh Guerrera, like probably for like their fight scenes and everything, they needed somebody on there to kind of go back and forth. So okay.
1: um what other what other key points were there? What oh. did you
2: guys think of um well there were a couple of uh little uh, cameos, but like um what about Thor's whole side quest with getting the Stormbreaker and going to Nidavellir?
1: Oh, and see Eitri the dwarf. <laughs> oh, that was a surprise. I did not know he was in this movie.
0: Peter Dinklage as a giant dwarf. <laughs> right? I, I, that's what I was saying yesterday. I love the fact, I can imagine him telling him, we have you play a dwarf. Oh, okay. But the dwarf is a 10 feet tall. <laughs> oh, Cool.
1: And it's Eitri Tree from from the actual Thor comics, and I know who that is. Because yeah, yeah. I've read a bunch of Thor last year. That was great. Yeah, and
0: new and from New Mutants. His daughter is the one that is in love with Cannonball.
1: That's right. Mm,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I just remember that he was the one who built Mjolnir and uh yeah, that was I thought that
1: was great. So uh and Stormbreaker is of course uh Ray Bill's hammer. Ray Bill's hammer, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's that horse face guy's name? That was awesome. And I,
2: I, I also love that um, Groot actually forms the like the wooden like the handle. Of yeah. The, yeah, that was really, really cool.
1: This is one contribution to the plot. He's like <laughs> yeah. playing freaking defender the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a little prick. And it's great because it's such a modern trope to have teenagers walking out their screens or to have have adults walking out their screens. But of course, it's from the 80s. He's walking out the freaking Defender the entire time. I I loved that on so many levels.
0: And not just the fact that it's modern, but the fact, I mean, well, we're modern now, but he's playing a retro game, but he's from outer space. (laughs) He has things that are way, that make what we have now look like retro from 50 years ago to him right
1: yes but but so that's just so
0: much awesome that he was having so much fun with that he's like whatever i'm playing this
1: i just want to make a complex counterpoint to that and i hope you understand me when i say i am Groot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> language oh god <laughs> you got such an attitude
0: lately you speak group door yeah they had a it was a class at
1: Asgard. It was an elective. It was an elective. That was great. Fourteen hundred fifty years ago. <laughs> no, I like Four that. I, I like the scenes with um,
2: with Rocket and Thor. Those were really well done. Well, those uh-huh. team
0: ups were like I said. Like we were starting so before those some of those team ups were really enjoyable, whether they were long term or short term, like the Winter Soldier Rocket team up. Mm-hmm. Which only lasted about two minutes.
2: <laughs> Which was great, though. <laughs> yeah. Bucky just picking him up and spinning with their two machine guns going off. And,
0: like, and the rocket at the end going, "I'm getting that arm.
2: <laughs> I'm getting that. How much for the gun? It's not for sale. All right, how much for the arm?" And Bucky just walks away. He's like, "I'm getting that. I'm getting that arm."
0: And the whole thing with Rocket and the eye, taking people's eyes, finally <laughs> pays off. Yeah. He gave some Thor an eye. <laughs> Which it I so love that. Point. I was even watching that the second time.
2: When he stabs um, Thanos in the chest with the Stormbreaker, and there's a close-up on Thor, his eyes are two different colors. Like they're still yes, two co- they're two different
0: eyes. Speaking when we said about you, John being surprised by uh, Peter Dinklage, what about the other surprise character? Granted, not played by the original actor, but still, Red Skull. Oh. I was not expecting that at all.
1: That was I, a nope. little bit weird for me it, it, that it's not that I hate it. It's not that I dislike it. Or think it should have happened, but it's the only moment in the movie that I felt like it was kind of gratuitous and fan servicey. There's no real reason that red skull should have been there.
2: I, I, agree with that, actually. Um, because so many people have been talking like that, even though it didn't have to be, you could have just said Red Skull died. Like, so many people just leapt to the fan theory that he was just ported out to space. And they're like, when is he going to come back? When are we going to see Red Skull? That's like a dangling plot line. I'm like, I don't know that it is. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to see him again to get a little bit of closure, but at the same time, I'm like, Okay, the space stone teleported him out of space. I was like, why would he of all people be the guide to the soul stone? Yeah, and, oh yeah, I'm not saying it made
0: sense. I'm just so, saying I was surprised.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool to see him. I wasn't surprised because I was spoiled by that like an hour before I saw the movie. Um, I just I saw the wrong. John. No, it wasn't me this time. I it wasn't me this time. I was, I was like. Looking at – I was just like flipping through like a website and I just saw something that was like, you know, surprising – like seven surprise cameos from Avengers Infinity War and the thumbnail is Red Skull. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And I I didn't even look at it, but I was just (laughs) like – so.
1: Yeah, I I, I I thought it was was cool. cool. I gasped. I smiled. But then as I was thinking, I was like, wait a second really
0: <laughs> well yeah it, d- it doesn't really work like but like I said i was it was a you can't deny it was not a surprise,,
1: Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: and I thought but, the performance was close enough to hugo Hugo Weavings, I knew it wasn't him, but was like, you know
2: yeah. what it looks and sounds like him i'm I'm fine,
0: yeah, although I really for a second there, I think I mentioned this yesterday when we were talking about this um a messenger, I really for a second thought that they were had play with us if the thing would said they were he wasn't going to be in there, and it was going to be Adam Warlock, mm. Because with the covered by the cloak, you couldn't see him. And the way he was talking, I could see that. be, you know, that was Adam Warlock enough, close enough, yep. that if it did, did reveal to be him, would have worked.
1: Well, that's a good segue into the Soul Stone and to Gamora. Yeah, Adam Warlock would have been an intriguing guardian for the Soul Stone. It just wouldn't have really made sense for what they haven't, they they haven't done anything with him yet. Um, so we get to Gamora being sacrificed to take the Soul Stone. The Soul Stone holds a special place among the Infinity Stones, we are told. And, um, Gamora is seen again at the end of the movie as being in the Soul Stone. And Ryan, you said online that, that it's, it's intriguingly possible that Gamora being in the soul stone might actually help to resolve all this at the end and she might get free.
2: Yeah, that was my big thing. Cause I was, I was rationalizing. I was like, okay, everybody who was, who was wiped away at the end of the movie, like all of their deaths will be reversed. I was like, but the people who died before like Heimdall and Loki, I was like, they're, they're dead, dead. I was like, but that doesn't square with Gamora. I can't see her dying in this one and not being in guardians three. But – and then I, I kind of like remember the end. I was like after the snap, he goes to this just orange place that has like no – except there's that – what looks like the edifice of that of that temple on Zen-wabari. Um and he sees the young Gamora. I was like, I think that is inside the Soul Stone. I think he went inside the Soul Stone, and that's – part of her is still in there, and I think that will be crucial. Honestly. I think Gamora is still alive in there either by design or by accident, he kind of placed her in there when he sacrificed her. Maybe that's part of the
0: the, the sacrifice
2: Soulstorm's power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting her out of there will be, will be crucial to the climax of the next one. I, I do think she will end up alive in the next one. Cause I, I think she'll be back for guardians three.
0: Yeah. Well, that's well, my thing is, yes, you're right in that. Obviously when they reverse what happened, everyone who was killed by the staff will come back, but the people who were killed otherwise. But the thing is, it depends how that happens. If they still more or less stick with the rough ideas of the original plot and Nebula takes the gla- back and reverses that, Gamora is the one person that was killed, not by the snap, that Nebula would make sure to bring back. That is true. So that's also another possibility is that if it's Nebula, Gam- then she's bringing Gamora back because, quite frankly, Gamora is the one person she cares about. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So, it's the only one she would bring back. But going in with that, then, since we talked about this yesterday. So, comic Thanos, he's basically crazy in love and with death. So, therefore, he, everything he's doing is because he's crazy in love. And while it's a crazy idea, uh, at the heart of the concept, you can kind of get it because we've all done stupid crap because we're in love with somebody and we've just been stupid. Here, Thanos seems to be doing a kind of like a Rayshah ghoul mm-hmm. or Raza ghoul, depending on who you've heard it from first. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, overpopulation, and I've been going back and forth in my head, what is the better concept, especially for a movie where they're trying to get, you know, not just us, but a mass audience? I'm trying to go back and forth on it, but for me, I am, I so love the in love of death concept that I'm having trouble being impartial on that. So what are your thoughts?
2: It, yeah, it's, it's hard being... Comic book lovers and people who have been so attuned to this genre and the realities that, uh, like we see, like within these these worlds, and and what makes sense to us. And of course, you know, yeah, you got this giant purple alien guy who's in love with the Grim Reaper and wants to impress her. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course, I I, I get it. And I, I don't. I think this more nuanced, in some way, more human portrayal of a guy who just who is like. Tony said he's cursed with knowledge and he sees a future where the resources of the world, the resources of the universe are going to run out and it's going to cause people to starve and to suffer and he's like, wouldn't it be better, wouldn't it be more merciful to just snap your fingers and cut half the population. And it would be done randomly, as he said, like when, it, when he pitched it to his people on Titan. You know, it would be random, it would be dispassionate, it would affect the rich and the poor equally. It's kind of just the most. It, it is cold, but it is the, you know, the, 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 possibly the best way. And, And to his mind, to his way of thinking, it makes a kind of sense. And I think while we don't sympathize with him because it is monstrous and murderous and horrific, we do empathize with him. And I think those are the kind of villains that Marvel has succeeded with. Um, especially like recently when you have a villain like Killmonger, um, or even, even Michael Keaton's version of the vulture, you know, we, we don't take their side because we know they're doing bad things, but we empathize, we understand where they're coming from and it helps us like them. So,
1: yeah. It reminded me of, and possibly because I recently read the novel, um, Drastic Measures, the Star Trek Discovery novel, Drastic Measures, which focuses on this on this story, but in old Star Trek, Kodos the Executioner. He uh, the story is that he was the head of this colony and there weren't enough resources. There had been a plague and so they were running out of food. They didn't have enough food to last to, to feed everyone. But they did have they did have enough food to feed half the people. And he had half of the colony rounded up and executed. And, of course, he was arrested for that. Or he would have been, if he, except he got away. Um, it's one of those things that seems so rational and so logical and so reasonable until you realize these are human lives who care about what they're doing and, and, and want to matter. And it's, it's generally frowned upon to, to play with lives that cavalierly. I mean, at least in my house, it is generally frowned yeah. upon.
0: I'll well, uh, remember I mean, that it's... if I ever go there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanos snapped his fingers and then teleported himself away. He wasn't there when the Avengers started, like when, you know, Black Panther disappeared in front of his most trusted bodyguard. He wasn't there when Peter fell down in Iron Man's arms and started saying, I don't want to go, I don't want to go.
0: You
1: know,
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do you do save attendance? skit. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> To be fair, he usually is there. Though, like he's done this before on other planets, and it's been like, you know, manually killing a bunch of people. So he is usually there, but he wasn't there for he wasn't there for this. Were y'all reminded of whenever the people were fading away? Were y'all reminded of the Scarlet Witch and like House of M? And <laughs> no, more,
2: would... no more mutants.
1: <laughs> yeah, when like the reality would like turn into little shapes and like float away into the space. Mm-hmm. This is this was more, I think, organic, and the coloring and everything made it feel like dying, rotting, burning, decaying flesh or whatever, which is gross. But that's I couldn't stop thinking about that idea. Whatever they were, she, away.
2: she could have said, "No more Captain America sidekicks." And we see Bucky and Falcon both disappear. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Stan Lee said, "No more sidekicks" back in 1961, <laughs> <laughs> and then he created Rick Jones.
0: I, I was gonna say. <laughs> It was everyone's sidekick. I mean, who's the sidekick for the entire Avengers. But um, speaking of that thing now for the Thanos, here's what I was just thinking. Now, in the comics, Thanos' whole thing, like we said, is the love of death. And he also has some kind of personality issue where he always leaves, a real, even if it's just a really, really tiny chance, but a chance of beating him. Not really established why, maybe because he has an inferiority complex. Maybe it's because he knows he's really not worthy of death or that death really doesn't love him. And that's why he's not, you know, leaves a little bit of it, a little bit. So my thing is now with this different motivation in the movie and with where it seems like he does have much more of a, even though it's hard for him, maybe even harder because he actually did care about Gamora to do these things, he seems much more committed. So the question is now, does he leave this chance to beat him? I mean, does this make this movie version of Thanos then harder to beat you think instead of the comic because he's not leaving a possibility open, as far as he knows.
2: That's a good question.
1: Um, does, does that maybe tie into the fact that the Infinity Gauntlet and his entire left arm appeared to have been destroyed?
0: I was going to ask about that, too, because, I mean, what did you guys think about that when you saw that? Because you saw it twice. I mean, it was pretty quick. I know I'm going to be looking to pay attention more to that when I see it again. It looked like the whole thing was fried.
1: And there, 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 are, there are scars up his arm. Like in that in that final resting place scene, um, you don't get to see his whole arm very well, but you do see like the shoulder, and it's it is thoroughly scarred. It looks like a raisin.
2: Yeah, the the gauntlet itself looked pretty trashed, but all of the stones seem to be intact.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but was he doing that to maybe destroy? I mean, maybe was he doing that intentionally? Like to so unlike let's say the uh, Captain Marvel Cosmic Cube saga from back in the seventies, where you know, he had complete power and was God, basically, but he left a the cube there. So, you know, if you smash the cube, he loses all his power. Was this like the reverse of that, making sure you d- couldn't use it? You know, there was nothing there to hold the gems together for somebody else to undo everything he did.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he could have done it any way he wanted to, because obviously he's, he's got all the power. My my read of it, my my just surface-level, quick-thinking read of it was using all of the stones for such a massive project. The interpretation in the film is that the gauntlet was a weapon designed to wield all six Infinity Stones by somebody with enough power to do so. So the gauntlet was vincible even if the Infinity Stones were not. So whenever he did that huge, massive stroke, the gauntlet suffered from the power being wielded. Mm. Hmm. That's how I read it.
0: Quick pause in the conversation here. Coming up, in about a minute or two, there were a few gaps, I guess you can say, in the recording. For some reason, when Ryan's going to be talking, there's going to be a few times where it didn't seem to pick up everything he said, so we missed a few words of his, but it doesn't last very long. Thankfully, it doesn't happen again. But just want to give you a quick heads up. And since we've already paused in the conversation here anyway, let's sort of promo real quick, and then we'll get back to that conversation.
3: Come in all shapes and sizes. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's Digest Cast, a new show dedicated to our beloved pocket-sized treasures from that bygone era of the 70s and 80s. Hosted by the Fire and Water Podcast team of Robin Shag, and we'll be joined from time to time by special guests. It's Digest Cast because big things come in small packages. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Podcast Network.
0: Interesting. Something to definitely think about the, you know, throughout the years we're waiting for it, yeah. the next one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to the question of, did he leave himself any weakness? I mean, I, I think, I think Gamora is his weakness, um, and I wonder if when she, when she, the little kid version of him, of her asked him, "What did it cost you?" and he says, "Everything." I th- I think pulling her out of that or somehow saving her, and I think we might see some elements of time travel or jumping realities or something with our heroes in the next one. Somehow, I think getting her out and confronting Thanos with the decision to sacrifice her again, I think he might buckle at that. Mm. And I think maybe given the chance to do it all over again, maybe when he – maybe he thinks – No, losing her was too hard, and he and he flinches or hesitates too long or something. I don't know. I don't know. I I trust the guys to the the writers and the directors and everybody on board to deliver um, because they did such a strong one with this. And and like I said, like the the people left behind. This is the last ride of the original Avengers. Um, You know, we got got contracts are up. I think this is going to be the end of. You know Downey's Iron Man, quite possibly um, Chris Evans as Captain America, and Chris Hemsworth Thor.
1: So yeah, because they said multiple times that Avengers three and four is a cl- it's not the end of their MCU storytelling, but it is a closure to what they've done so far. Mm. It gives them a chance to put a the end stamp on an ongoing story in a way that you can't do in the comics.
0: Yeah. Um, Because the comics, they don't have to age ever. We have that sliding time scale because they are drawings. These are real actors getting old. Mm -hmm.
2: And it's
1: weird because in early Marvel, they wanted them to. Like so many fans wrote in saying, hey, we need these people to age. Time is passing. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens to them. And, And
0: You have Johnny Storm going to college. (laughs)
1: You had a little bit of progression in lives, but you can't end lives in comics.
2: Speaking of the actors aging, one sort of visual thing that I am going to see, and I don't know how they will do it. um, I don't know if they will do it to kill off the character or if it will just be a... I think as a visual thing for Captain America in the next... uh, in, in Avengers 4, I think we will see him lose the super soldier serum and basically aged up to what he would look like without it as a 100-year-old man. Now that might be an effect after he dies or it might be he loses it and he can no longer be Captain America so he has to retire or something. Like maybe that's the end of his story or it might just be a temporary thing where he loses it and, and like gets it back. But I think that's one kind of visual flair that I'm expecting to see before – his story is over.
0: That is
1: an intriguing concept.
0: And speaking of their stories um, and the progression of that with Iron Man, I mean, either obviously they're either going to die or retire. So Tony retiring, as we saw in the beginning, he's now married to Pepper. Is anyone feeling like Pepper's character has reverted back to 1963? You know, superhero
2: girlfriend. They're not married yet. They were talking about the wedding. Oh, okay. I thought. Because I, I actually, were... when. when um... Well, yeah, they were talking about, like, the the pending marriage and everything during the fight in New York. Wong's um, invited. That's yeah, right. he, he tells Wong, he's like, you're invited to my wedding, because Wong uses the te- the the teleport, the sling ring thing to cut off Cull
0: Obsidian's hand. That's right. Oh, we don't know if Wong's alive or dead. We don't, no. I really hope he has some, a bit more, you know, he has a role in the next one, because I really do enjoy movie Wong.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but to go back to your question, uh, the, Al, the... I understand what you're saying about Pepper, and I agree that, that there is more to her that could be done at this point. But since Iron Man is only involved right now in other people's stories, having other people from his story come along, they're going to be minimized by necessity. Okay. Um
0: well yeah but it just it just seemed like that all the only thing she had was basically to whine that he was being Iron Man to me it's kind of like getting involved someone who's a cop or a doctor it's like yes yeah, you might have some issues later on but quite frankly you knew what you were getting into
1: it's at the not same like- time it's not just him going out to be Iron Man and put himself in danger and save the day she was watching the world end and she wanted him back with her I, I, I'm just I mean I'm not, not gonna say you're wrong it's just that you, I disagree with you, so you're wrong. Oh, okay. Well,
0: <laughs> to be fair, I can't fight that logic.
1: <laughs> oh, just on his quick side note, it's not just me. Person whose name I will not say to not call him out. Put on Facebook, Ray Infinity War. So, that happened. A year is a long time to wait for closure. Although, Captain Marvel. <laughs> And I'm just like, uh, yeah, sure. so I'm not the only one posting spoilers because they don't know how to act on Facebook, on, on, on the internet.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to do my best to avoid that. The only thing I'm telling anybody if they ask asking me about it is that there is a credit scene at the end. You just gotta wait till the very end, but there's a credit scene. Because I almost texted you, Ryan, because in the I was in the theater like, is there a credit scene? Because I'm used to, like, five scenes now. Well, yeah, they've, they've
2: – for the longest time, for the last couple of years, they've had a mid-credit scene and an end-credit scene, unless Guardians <laughs> Volume 2 had five. Yeah, um, yeah. but at least four yeah, or no, three and scenes, they, scenes. And they actually said that they almost didn't include one. Like, the Russo brothers didn't want to have one, and they, like, they had to be talking – and it's like, no, guys, seriously. <laughs> like, it's, it's a Marvel movie. You have to have one. We'll f- figure out something to put in there.
1: Yeah, people well, are going Evans... to upset. <laughs> Kevin Feige was recently quoted as saying that he really didn't expect people to stay for end credit scenes. That he's like, only the nerdiest of the nerds are going to stay for these after credit scenes. So
2: you know what? I didn't when I first saw Iron Man. When I like back in two thousand eight, when I saw Iron Man in the theater, I went home ha- halfway through the credits, and well, I yeah. I, got, I went home and I got online. I was like, "What the hell, Nick Fury scene?" And I like I, I saw the video, like a bootleg video online or whatever. I was like,
1: "Holy shit!" <laughs> yeah, the only people who stay for end credits are like Wayne's World and Ferris Bueller. I mean. You don't do stuff after the credits. That's crazy.
0: Actually, I've been waiting. I keep skimming through credit scenes ever since Ferris Bueller and Masters of the Universe. <laughs> when Franklin jealous Skeletor pops up and yells, "I'll be back," which that paid off. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, ever since then, I, every once in a while, if I'm watching a movie, I keep remembering to like fast forward to see is there something at the end. <laughs> and now we're in an era where I'm rewarded. I don't have to worry about, you know, wondering. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much in every movie. Oh. Yeah, I, I
2: do I do that for movies when it doesn't make sense either. Like going, going to see like Creed or The Martian or whatever. It's like I'm, I'm waiting to see Samuel Jackson in the post-credits scene.
0: You want to join the Avengers too? We need people.
2: <laughs> Come on. Everyone can fight. Cool. All right, so... We'll- I loved the description of Thor as a pirate angel. <laughs> <I> just,
1: as, <laughs> Everyone as much just f- lusting over Thor's prone body was such a delight. <laughs> and Peter's jealousy is so
2: great. When <laughs> they're calling him fat and everything, he's like, all right, I'm getting a bow flex. Um, so wake I, I, up, call. Well, you are I, one I, sandwich I, away. I made,
1: with, I made it out with both of my eyes. So, you know, I got that going for <laughs> You're making your voice deeper. No, I'm not. That's how I normally talk. You'll not take our pod today. The one
2: thing I do hope it was okay for this one, but I I kind of hope for when we go to to Avengers four because of the comics and because of our love for that. I, I'm such a fan of the classic looks. Like I want to see Steve Rogers shaved, clean shaven, with the with the you know Captain America look and the shield again. Oh, I want sure Black Widow with red hair. Um, I'd love to see Thor with long hair again. I don't know if we'll get that just because – the yeah, i tired of wearing wigs, but
1: yeah, well, we'll see.
0: I guess it depends on also how much his hair has grown back in that – you know, by the time they film. I mean – and the question is when does the movie take place? Is it going to take place right after or is it going to be a year later with half the world dead?
2: I don't know. I mean they filmed them back to back. They were like filming at the same time, so – Which actually – which led to some confusion because there were certain characters that I was – that I thought for sure were in this movie because they were filming other stuff. Like, did not know they
1: filmed this as a single project.
2: Yeah, they filmed them all at the same time. Like the actors were saying, we're basically shooting for almost an entire year just to to do these two movies back-to-back, but also just to accommodate the release schedule. They kind of had to because – post production um, but like they were also filming ant-man and the wasp like evangeline lilly who plays you know the wasp she said she filmed something for avengers for one day then she went to the set of ant-man and the wasp and did that stuff and then as soon as that ended she had, she went to do more avengers stuff so because of that I assumed that she was in Avengers 3, but – Infinity War. But I was like if she only filmed for one day, it's probably just like a reaction shot. Like she's watching TV as you know Thanos' ships invade New York or something or Wakanda or something. I didn't Mm -hmm. think she would be apart, but I expect to see her. I also thought like we would see uh, Ant-Man and Hawkeye in this one. But no, and it's just because of the way they filmed and they were like kind of the overlapping filming.
0: Well, they they held the big guns in for reserve. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Although, yeah, to be but, fair, I, I keep thinking of how, you know, for the two of them, I keep thinking of how um, Grant Morrison had Green Arrow and the Atom take out Darkseid in, the, yeah. was it, Rock of Ages, so maybe they are being able to take him, take out Thanos at the end. You know what? If
2: Wasp can just fly into, Th- into Thanos's ear, just fly through his ear to get to his brain and just start zapping.
1: Or just go all the way through. Yeah, yeah. What's your top pick for the title of the next film?
2: Um, as I have said, and I, I've, I've said this for a while now, the, my top contender is Avengers Forever, playing off of the Kurt Busiek-Carlos Pacheco Avengers Forever, although not the same plot. Um, but I do think it will have an element of time travel, changing reality, and also is, as just the send-off for the, the heroes that we've been in love with for 10 years, for most of them.
1: I like Um, yours more than mine. I'll tell mine in a second. And and
2: then, uh, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, my wife thinks it's Avengers Left Behind.
0: (laughs) Avengers Rapture, that's right. Uh, John, what were you thinking?
1: Uh, I I asked. You get to answer.
0: Oh, see, well, I didn't think of any – I didn't think – actually, I didn't have any thoughts about the title until we started talking about it. I do like Ryan's Avengers Forever a lot, plus I like Avengers Forever, because the only thing I can think of that – I'm trying to think of, like, th- titles featuring Thanos that make sense. The closest, but it doesn't really work as, like, a good movie title, is Thanos Quest. Okay. Because it is, but uh, except in reverse, it's a, instead of Thanos' quest, it's a quest for mm. Thanos.
1: I was but thinking it, along uh, similar lines of trying to get titles related to this plot concept, and the best one I could think of that would go along with the idea of fighting to gain everything back, the Infinity Crusade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's not bad either, although I, I think Ryan wins.
1: Yeah, I think Ryan wins too.
0: <laughs> Avengers Forever is better.
2: <laughs> you know, they're to really screw with people and say, Avengers, Atlantis attacks.
1: <laughs> That's going to be the mock title until San Diego. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Serpent Crown. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> what are we, get ready for Avengers Evolutionary War.
1: <laughs> I had I had a full-fledged like fact-researching argument with somebody because they were like, Captain America was going to be called the Serpent was, – was going to be the Serpent Society and it was only changed to Civil War because <laughs> of a reaction to Batman versus Superman coming out. <laughs> and I was just like – I was like, that sounds like a flat earth concept. Like on the surface, it almost makes a little bit of sense until you really start to think about the implications of what would actually mean. And um, and Yeah. So,
0: you know what? I just had another thought for a title. I'm sorry John.
1: that's fine. I was just rambling
0: okay, oh yeah, that's usual. I'm used to that. <laughs> but I just had another thought for a title, and I'm trying to think of I think there are ways that it could work for like with the plot of what they're doing, and it would be interesting to see, interesting to see them try and take this title back. Avengers: the Crossing
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know I got a new idea. The next Avengers Hawkeye shows up with. Wonder Man, Tigra, Mockingbird, Moon Knight, Hercules and the um the White Grayscale Vision and as West Coast Avengers.
1: Damn.
0: Hey, we already got Hank Pym.
1: There you go. There you go. No, no, I like forever. I like the idea of a send-off. I like the idea of reestablishing the Avengers. I like the idea of it being uh, like a time travel kind of thing. And of course, you have the four pun. So mm-hmm. I just I think it exactly. I think that is if 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 that's not the title they pick, I'm actually gonna be a little bit disappointed. <laughs> yeah, okay, unless they so, pick Infinity Crusade, because I'm just no, <laughs> because
0: yeah. then you're like, yay, I was right. <laughs> okay, so getting near the end of our discussion to wrap this up, but a couple quick shots here. So we're pretty much in agreement that anyone who died from the snap is gonna be coming back. Mm-hmm. Is there any? So real quick, who do you think, or at least one person you think definitely that's alive right now? will be dead by the end of the next movie, for real. You know, out of the survivors from Infinity War. Ryan, do you have anyone you think will be dead, definitely? Um, dead? I'm not sure,
2: but I think I think they're going to permanently write out Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah. Um, poss- possibly Thor, but I, I'm, I'm less convinced of that, just... But I I definitely think this will be the end for Tony and Steve Rogers, whether or not they're dead or whether or not they're just in retired. I I think this is going to be the end for them.
1: I feel like since killing Tony was such an almost move in this episode that it eliminates the idea of killing him in the next
2: movie.
1: Mm. Um, I feel like they've played that card and backed off. Uh, as far as Captain America, I don't know, man. I really want to put Bucky in that suit and. I, I, I would say I want the mantle
2: of Captain America to continue. If you'd asked me this, if you'd asked me this maybe even a year ago, I would have said no way. Nobody can replace Steve Rogers, but I really want the mantle of Captain America to continue in these movies. Um, uh, but I mean, Chris Evans can't come back and he's not going to want to and they're not going to pay him and he, he's just age wise. But so if, yeah. if somebody is going to step into that role, I would be fine with this version of Bucky. He's got enough baggage that it's he, the Winter Soldier becoming Captain America plays into a different type of what America means. Um, and instead of being, you know, the greatest generation in this thing, this is an America that's done some bad things that it needs to atone for, that has some blood on its hands. And I think and that it, is a very interesting story to tell.
1: And they finally have him back his bucket. They finally got his head yeah. right. He, yeah. He's, yeah. he's okay now. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that if he's, you know, since he's been Thanos snapped, that he's going to be off the table for most of the next movie. So having him take on the cap mantle feels a little strange. But – um, I also expect that Thor is going to be written out in some way. Something supernatural or deific is going to happen to him. He's going to ascend or something. I don't know. I would expect him to be done.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement that the, the out of the three of them will be done in some way, shape, or form. I mean, go out of what...
2: Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, go on. But I, I was going to say they've killed off all of the Asgardian characters, and I don't think they're making a Thor 4 anytime soon, so. I don't know that they need Thor back. Um, sure.
1: Thor for Thorcore.
2: <laughs> we're gonna get Dargo finally. <laughs> the Thor of the future.
0: <laughs> Valkyrie comes back with Beta Ray Bill. Oh, awesome! I would like that. Um, yeah. But to go on left out of left field, since we're gonna be, I'm pretty certain next movie is gonna be end of the Thanos story. He's not gonna be in Guardians three. I think Nebula's done too. I think this is going to be the end of her story. Even though she started in Guardians, it's more about Thanos with her. So I think if Thanos' story is over, I think Nebula's will be over too.
2: I agree with that. I agree. I I think Gamora will live because she's got the – I mean the romance angle with Peter and she's part of that core group. But you're right. Nebula had basically two – two-story threads. One was the reconciliation with Gamora. We got that in Guardians 2. The other mm-hmm. is the reckoning with Thanos. We started to get that, and we probably will get that in the next one. So you're, right. I wouldn't be surprised if she's killed off. I, I would be fine with that, because the next Guardians, they're going to have enough to do with introducing Adam Warlock. Yeah. And- I also, well, I mean, he he was blinked away, so
0: I don't know if they would do
2: it. Like, I, I really expected Drax to be killed off in this one, too. Like... Like in battle, but I don't know. We'll see.
0: I was actually expecting that he was going to die when they were at the collectors. When he was doing the when he was doing the triple Drax, mm-hmm. I see Thanos. I kill Thanos. That's all I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, and now, real quick, also, anyone? What were your favorite? Real quick, your favorite uh, character duos? I were like, like meetups. You know, people who never met before and all of a sudden had, like, had an introduction. Like, I really love Shuri and uh, Banner together. Oh yeah. <laughs> You didn't think of that? Uh, well, we we didn't think of that. That's why we didn't do it. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you're cute.
1: I'm going to kind of cheat on this one. I really liked the opening scenes with Vision and Scarlet Witch. And I know that when they teased of that in the Avengers previously, they had met before and they teased the relationship. But like, actually watching that come forward was, was probably my favorite two characters interacting bit of this film.
2: Okay, that's fine. No, that was really good, and actually, it brings us to was- something else that I want to mention. Sure, um, but no, to, to your question, um, I, I mean, I really liked all of the scenes with Thanos and Gamora um, mm. from from starting in nowhere when he when she tries to kill him and he changes reality. He's got her, and they're showdown with um with Peter, and then when he's got her in his ship. And then when they go to Vormir and the whole moment where he has to sacrifice her, I loved all of those things. I thought that was great, great stuff. Uh, in terms of the heroic couplings and partnerings of, you know, Thor and Rocket was fun, but I, I probably lean to the um, the, Dick, the Ditko brothers <laughs> um, on the ship, and then especially once they get when they arrive on Titan with. The Guardians, too, and the way they play off of each other. The hardest I laughed both times I saw the movie were um, I've got one question for you Where is Gamora? I've got, I'll do you one better. Who is Gamora? I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? <laughs> and then, and then when they're on Gamora, when they're on Titan and they're trying to come up with a strategy, and Tony's like, "What do you two do?" and he's talking to Drax and Mantis, and Mantis says, "Kick names and take ass,", take ass. and it's just this <laughs> long hold on Tony and Peter, just looking at them like, "Oh my god!"
1: So- and for a second, they think that Peter's the smart one. <laughs> And then. <laughs>
2: so I like that. Um, but the other thing you reminded me of this, um, John, with uh, the whole thing with Vision and Scarlet Witch, this movie, considering how big and how epic it feels, I think the directors were brilliant in using very judicious use of extras and where we get massive crowd shots because we open up on the ship and we've just got a floor of dead bodies. And that seems like there's like a lot of populated people in there. And then we cut back to earth and we're in New York and Ebony Mall and Culled City and are attacking or whatever. And there's people running in the streets and there's everybody kind of like crowding and evacuating. And by the end, we're at Wakanda when we've got these huge army shots and everything, but everything else, they go to a lot of abandoned locations in this movie. Like when they go to nowhere, it's already dead. It's already abandoned. Like, Everybody is gotten out of there, um, yeah. Except for Thanos and the Collector. When they go to Vormir, dead planet. There's nobody there except for Red Skull's ghost. When they go to Nedivalir, it's the the sun is burned out. The whole place is like dead and wiped out. And there's only tree there waiting for them. And even like with Vision and Wanda, is like, were they the only two people in Scotland? What part of Scotland
0: was that? <laughs> we're like- well, that one I just took at least as them being there really, really, really late at night.
2: I know, but I was like, "Where, you know, where's Martin Gray from the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl'? He should have been there to see
1: these people." This is this, well. This is this is after the lovin', yeah, and but, after the after the post lovin' smoke. Yeah, now there, <laughs> it's just like I two just in the morning with,
2: with a movie for a movie with you know like forty main principal characters that we've grown to love. I was like, "There's only like three moments that have extras." <laughs>
0: Well, you know, they're busy paying all these principal characters.
2: (laughs) Exactly. That's why I say they had judicious use of those.
1: Uh, I did want to bounce one thing off of your mention of Thanos and Gamora earlier, because that was great. But um, we've seen Thanos through Gamora's eyes so much over the films, you know, just Mm in references and casual mentions and, you know, the whole plot of the first Guardians film. Um, And we didn't really see Gamora through Thanos' eyes other than, like, very, very small things, like my favorite daughter, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think they had a lot to do in this film of establishing how important Gamora was to Thanos. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they were successful, but only just barely. Like, if a single line of dialogue... About that relationship had been removed from the film, it wouldn't have. I mean, I don't think they would have succeeded because I, th- I felt like they only just established enough for me to think that Thanos would really care about Gamora enough to throw her off and get the Soul Stone.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a, hmm. the, the the I mean, that was like the one sort of character building thing that they needed to do was establishing Thanos and his connection to Gamora. So they did have to do a lot with. Uh, Just through like the dialogue rather than showing us like the the visual evidence, although the the moments with her as a kid, I think helps kind of kind of was like a nice little shortcut to to get us to that place where we see their familial connection.
0: And I mean, they Um, could. I think they were stuck a bit by the plot and the story because you have to have Thanos be this monstrous thing mm -hmm. for so much of the movie. That you can't really. I mean, if you start establishing too early that he has, you know, he loves his daughter and all that kind of stuff, it kind of takes away a bit, I think, from the, you know, what they're trying to do with the, you know, this just indestructible evil force coming and wiping everyone out. But then you do have to establish that for the part of the the sacrifice. So it's, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like how much you know they can They can only do so much earlier. I'm not saying you're wrong in that they didn't. You know, they were very close to not establishing it, but just it was like they're kind of trapped.
2: This is a weird kind of random question. Um, do do you guys know? Have there been any like prequel comics or tie-ins related to this movie? Because um, I was wondering, like, the the one thing I was kind of like expecting to get a little bit more of was um, the destruction of Xandar and the implied like decimation of the Nova Corps. Because when this when it starts, Thanos already has the Power Stone, right? Um, and I was just wondering if. There would be anywhere where, like, we would see that depicted visually, whether it was in, like, a tie-in comic or something like that.
0: But... I'm pretty sure there has been. I thought I remember seeing something about it, but I don't recall at the top of my head.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm looking up on Comixology right now. Um, there was an Infinity War prelude. Uh, it was two issues like they usually are. And... Do to do, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. This seems to be a recap of Civil War, mm. and maybe maybe some things that Captain America, Falcon, and Black Widow have been doing since Civil
2: War. Oh yeah, like their missions that when they've been on the
3: run. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. It looks like okay. it's a it's a Civil War uh, recap plus a little bit extra, mm. okay. um, which you know. But it would have been cool because Xandar does just kind of get a, a passing mention and it would have been nice to see that. But the movie already had so much in it. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's only so much you can fit in there in you know almost three hours. For as much work as us podcasters do in promoting our own shows, it still doesn't compare in comparison to how awesome it is when somebody else who is not a part of the show likes and shares the episodes that they enjoyed. It helps other people find us. It helps other people who know you. To know, hey, this show is good. And I'm not just the person making it who says that. I'd like to thank all of you who have done that for this show. Now, specifics, we are talking about our last episode, the No Episode Mini Episode. And on Facebook, it was liked and shared by Chris Matthews, Paul Spataro, Darren and Ruth Sutherland, Pat Sampson, Martin Gray, Aaron Head Moss, Michael Lane, and Mark Adams. On Twitter, it was retweeted and liked by Peter Rios, Jason Snickmenable, Christian and Damon's Amazing Nerd Show, Interrupted Tales, ITG Blogcast, Comics in the Golden Age, and Richard Field. Now, the mini-episode didn't get any likes on Tumblr, but hopefully this one will. Fingers crossed. But we still do have a lot of you following our Tumblr page, and it's time to thank a few more of you. So thank you to Sarkos, Jimmy Horatio, Omnipotent77, Eclipse Rising the Saga, and Chris Evans Citadel. If you want to be part of this thanks parade... All you have to do is like and share the, uh, this episode or any other future episodes on social media. Just go, to our Facebook, just go to Facebook, type in the search box, Adam Warlock. We pop up pretty quickly up there. Follow us there. On Twitter, follow us at Adam AdamThanosPod. And you can do more than on both those pages. Talk to us on there. Talk about comics. It's always fun. Send an email. I want to know what you thought about not just this episode, but our topic of this episode, the Infinity War movie. Did you like it? Did you not like it? And if you didn't like it, I'm just curious why. I mean, I'm not saying you have to have reasons. It's taste. If you just didn't like it, you just didn't like it. But if at all possible, if you're going to send an email saying you didn't like it, tell me what it was that you didn't like. Was it something the movie didn't do for you, or ways certain characters were handled, or what? I'm just curious. Finally, if you want more of me, for some strange reason, go to my other show, The Pop Culture Palace Presents. Our most recent episode had John again. Plus, Brian Zeno and W. Lane Dowler We're going through our series talking about the different ages of comics. The most recent episode was about the Bronze Age, and you can find that, of course, on iTunes and also at popculturepalace.com. This show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store.
3: I'm really excited for 2016. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire & Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show, and I want to be sure to plug my movie show, the Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh,
2: I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins Podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network, and then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, the Black Canary and Zatanna podcast. Sound good to you, Chris?
1: Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid?
3: Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, Oh Hot Moo Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure. Why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha Podcast. Now, here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes. To the wait network. a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire & Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll
2: shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag.
1: Cindy and I make up two people
2: in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo.
3: Ben, wait don't you? Have what? God. What? Enough! Go.
2: Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe
1: to each individual show or
2: all of them. See, now was that so hard?
3: The Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com seriously shag you had to get the last word didn't you all right well speaking of almost three hours we don't want
0: to go that long (laughs) so uh take turns final thoughts ryan
2: it's a very enjoyable movie um i i i liked it a lot it had uh, very lofty expectations and it's just it's yeah like it's hard for me to think about how i'm going to end up ranking this one because of the unusual story structure um, uh, and I, because and even though I, like I argued like this does feel like a complete story, and as much as it's Thanos' story, I I feel like so much of our evaluation of this will still be informed by the next one. Yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes, but um, this I mean it, it's this movie, if nothing else, is a reward for the people who have been you know following along and watching these movies and enjoying them because it's if nothing else, it's a bunch of character interaction, character banter and fight sequences um, and that's that's a lot of fun um, they, they did this pretty well so I'm enjoying it and yeah can't wait for the next one in a year well I mean we've got two movies in between so I'll be okay <laughs> yeah
1: um, it's a very different kind of movie and I'm not at all trying to compare them or, or put them in a category together but when I walked out of dawn of justice for the first time I was left feeling traumatized and shook. By the, how that film ended and just like the, the emotional impact of the loss and the end of that film. And, um, when I saw this with my kids, when I saw Avengers Infinity War with my kids and we were walking out, I felt very similarly. I felt just, just like trampled by the emotional ending of the film. And movies don't do that very often. Movies really don't go for the bad ending very often. And so whenever it happens and it's something like this or Dawn of Justice, it's just so unexpected. And I've heard people say the ending sucked and, and I, I just, it's different, but the movie has so many moments, so many good points, so many story beats and character beats and lines and emotional connections that I really, really did enjoy it. And, um, knowing that we only have a year until the resolution is, is helpful. And, and hopefully the director of the next film doesn't like lose his daughter during shootings. It has to be handed off to somebody else to make as a Frankenstein of a movie, but that's a whole other That's a whole other conversation. Um, anyways, those are my thoughts. <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah, i not sure what else to say to that. I mean, I had high expectations for this. I think for the most part, they met most expectations. They did obviously change stuff. But again, like the way they usually do with Marvel movies, they, they I mean, for the most part, I'm very, imp- it just makes me keep feeling very impressed with Marvel's movies and the fact that for the most part, there's really no movie that, you know, I hate. You know, there's movies I like better than others, but there's nothing that I'm like, oh, God, I can't stand that piece of crap. And they make their changes, but they try and make it at least with the core of the characters or the core idea, idea there. There, This might be some of the closest to comic book crossovers that we you know we've seen. And I'm just really impressed by the fact that they are able to do that and make all these people who have no interest in comics go watch it. All the people that would never have read Infinity War when it came out or Infinity Gauntlet or Crisis are basically going to see a movie that's basically that on screen and loving it. And it's just really impressive. And now when I go back to see it, I definitely have to – I didn't think of it before that way, but I definitely need to to watch it with the idea that Thanos is the main character. Although I did kind of walk away feeling like he was the main character anyway. But now I want to start start watching – when I started, yeah. I want to kind of view it, uh, see how that looks when I watch it that way too.
2: If you think of the protagonist as the character whose motivations and actions and decisions drive the plot, then yeah, yeah. he is the protagonist. Yeah, not the, oh, yeah, everyone not else the, is reactionary.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's not the hero. I never said he's the hero, right, but he right, is the right. main character, yeah. more or less.
2: Um, I just I just checked Box Office Mojo. They are projecting. By the end of this weekend, uh, Infinity War might be the second-highest all-time opening weekend, only
0: behind uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. I can see that. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here for this. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Before we go, Ryan, tell people where to find you. Uh, I am the host of a number of
2: podcasts on the Fire and Water Podcast Network, which you can find at fireandwaterpodcast.com. I co-host Batman Nightcast with my buddy Chris Franklin. Uh, I am also involved in other shows, uh, including a recent episode of Power of Fishnets, where you two fine gentlemen helped me talk about Gamora. So if fans of this podcast want to hear even more, hear the three of us talk about this subject a little bit more, but with less insight maybe because of time. Uh, we do that. Um, and then hopefully within the next couple of months, I will be launching a new podcast uh, reviewing my favorite TV show of all time, Cheers.
1: So. Ooh. Yeah. Sometimes you want to listen to a show where everyone knows your name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the Wait. show where everyone knows your name, a Cheers podcast.
0: Exactly. Okay. Real quick, and you don't have to say this, and I will edit it out if you want me to. Does that mean Midnight Gone Forever? or No. Sorry, I, yeah, I didn't mention it. Midnight is
2: going to be I, – I sort of changed that to being a more seasonal. Uh, I, I would like to do three or four episodes a year um, and, and kind of more like an anthology format of tackling a few stories on every episode. Um, it's just one of those things where I, I kind of – need to change my schedule, and, and well, going yeah. forward, Nightcast and The Cheers show are going to be my primary shows, um, and Midnight and Fishnets and The Star Wars show whenever I kind of feel like it or have the time.
0: So, Okay, yeah, because the last episode you did say something about going more quarterly, and
2: that's fine. Yeah, because- yeah I'm, I'm hoping that none of them are pod-fading. I just have to kind of readjust the release schedule for them, so yeah, hope, hopefully I still get... I I would like to do another midnight one in the summer and one around Halloween.
0: Um, And and yeah, we'll see. All right, cool. And now we haven't had a chance to do this in a while. John, where else can people find you?
1: Well, turns out I'm on Twitter and that's about it. Um, I do not host a number of shows on the fire and water podcast network. I host one show on the John Wilson network. No, there's no John Wilson Network. Uh, if you go over to com, there is my one and only podcast I am doing with my good friend Michael Kaiser, where we are taking a journey through the early episodes, the early issues of the Marvel Universe, well before Thanos grew his chin wrinkles, um, when when the Hulk sucked and Torch had his own solo series and no one knew what a Spider-Man was. Yeah. That's what we've been talking about for the last 14 episodes <laughs> that we've recorded. Uh, no, no, no. I'm being sarcastic and, and snarky, but it, we're having a lot of fun going through early Marvel. That is at makeoursmarvel.com. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at John Reads Comics. There is no H in John. There is no H in Reads or in comics or in Make Ours Marvel. No, there isn't.
0: All right. Links to these things can be found in the show notes, people. Thanks, guys. I do. Good.
1: Thanks <laughs> good. for having us on. Yeah.
0: Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast is a fan made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood.
1: Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm
0: jealous of both of you. Oh, cuz we've seen it twice. Yeah, I've only been able to see it once.
1: Ha ha ha. We're better than you. We are obviously more manly men and more better well endowed and our fandom is more awesome and all sorts of stuff. You were to
0: sneak away from the kids without them knowing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dr. Hugh, what's got you geeked? Well, Paul, I'm geeked because we are recording our very first promo for GeekPod. What's GeekPod? GeekPod is an eclectic
2: celebration of all things. Nobody uses the word eclectic ever in real life, ever. You're just trying to sound smart. (laughs) Go on, go on. It's a call to action to let your geek flag fly proudly. Say that three times fast. No, the guys share (laughs) their opinions.
1: The guys being us, and unique perspectives on everything from comic books. The sports and anything in between no topic is off limits come experience the show that's being called intelligently irreverent and good-naturedly offensive who says that <laughs> your mom that's just me man just me geek Pod. each and
2: every week each and every week come on, okay no. so <laughs> twice a month maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe
1: <laughs> when we can all show up come join in on the fun you can find us on itunes stitcher blueberry instagram facebook twitter and more that's geekpod.com g33kpod.com that's g33kpod.com